I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Behind the Racket pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the BTR pod. Mike with you here. I'm recording this little portion on a Saturday night as we're preparing actually for the final tomorrow, Sunday, between Nicholas Mejia and Christopher Eubanks in the final of the Orlando Open. You'll probably hear this a couple days afterwards. So congratulations to both Chris and Nico, whoever actually got through that. Listen, I wanted to give you just kind of a heads up of where we're at for this particular episode. Noah was unable to come down to Orlando. His ankle's still an issue. On top of it, was in the midst of some traveling this week. So if you're a huge Noah Rubin fan, I can't blame you. He is a very attractive man. When he plays tennis, sometimes it's it's okay. Um, it's like for especially for a five foot four guy. And uh, but unfortunately, he's not with us on this particular podcast. It's just me and our guest this week, Ulysses Blanche, who is a guy who I think is immensely talented. Another good run for him here this week, back to back, really solid weeks in both Little Rock and Orlando. I know he would like to go just a little bit further, but he seems like he's playing pretty well. So Noah will be joining us again. We'll try to get an update from him for next week's episode when I will be back in Tulsa and I'll probably grab somebody from the Tulsa Futures and Noah will join us for that one. But for now, our interview with the young American, Ulysses Blanche. All right, so uh, we're without Noah Rubin, uh, but let me let me tell you, Ulysses, how we always start the interview when, when Noah's here, is he will talk to the person, the, the, the player, and say, I remember this time when you kicked my ass. So I'm just gonna tell you this story, okay? Uh, my daughter is six and a half. Okay. She's watched two tennis matches in her life, despite her dad being a tennis commentator. Uh, one, her favorite player is Jamie Loeb. So she watched okay. Jamie Loeb I don't know, some, some match a couple months ago, but the, the first one she watched was you and Noah Rubin in Ann Arbor, Michigan, <laughs> and you kicked Noah's ass. 
<laughs> and uh, I got to tell you, I, I had to explain to her, and she was five at the time, why Noah wasn't getting all the points. I'm not <laughs> mad about understand. it. She, she has no idea what's going on in tennis, bless her heart. But I'm just like, no, sometimes you don't win, and, and this guy is beating Noah up. Yeah, I mean, I didn't beat him up. It was like five and six, if I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, it still is. It's beating him up. It's okay. <laughs> still match. It was a good match. I remember that. <laughs> But that's, that's, that's title number two for you, and it seemingly came out of nowhere, right? And then you, I know the first three months of 2020, it felt like things were going in a good direction for yeah. you. And kind of walk us through March and, and April and May when you were, it seemed like you were in such a good headspace, yeah. and then all of a sudden, oh my God, what am I doing? Well, what are we all doing? I, I mean, I think, I think that moment was tough for everyone. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, no one really knew what was going on. I mean, taking the tennis aside, uh, it was a pretty tough moment, I mean, for everyone in the personal life. I mean, I ended up going to Asia um, with my family. And so the beginning, you know, yeah, I was feeling, you know, when, when, it's, when it all started, I was feeling good with my tennis and all that. But it wasn't really on my mind at the beginning because it was more of, you know, survival in that yeah, moment. Yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I had, I mean, me and, me and my team had done a lot of stuff um, during a period of time very well for me to get to that point where I was playing well and I was feeling better with with my tennis and my game as the weeks went by and all that um and then you know stuff in life happens I guess yeah. and I mean it happened it happened I mean sure you sound I mean, like Rafa there it happened it happened it happened, <laughs> it happened and it we happened. are in Rome <laughs> yeah I mean well I mean you don't know I mean I can you know you can say oh if it hadn't happened but it did and you yeah. don't really know what would have happened so I mean just I don't know, I just got to deal with it, I guess. What, what, how did you deal with it in terms of just what, what was your thing to kind of get your mind off of the tennis side and just allow you to have fun and enjoy life um, as best you could? I mean, I was in Taiwan for a while, so I was with okay. my family. Um, I was actually training every day, um, going to the gym every day yeah. uh, for the first, whatever, month or two that I was there. Yeah. Um, and then when I came back to the States, I just, I was in my apartment uh, here in Orlando and I mean, again, I was training almost every day, yeah. working out as much as I could, and uh, I was, you know, spending a lot of time with my girlfriend who was playing a lot of matches in in Tampa and Saddlebrook and okay, some of the UTR things. Yeah, just like money stuff yeah. that she was playing, and we were spending a lot of time together. And I mean, it was just that basically that was my life. So um, I, I want to talk a little bit about your early life. Um, because I think people know that you kind of traveled around when you were young. Can you explain why with, with your dad's job and why you were kind of all over the world? Yeah, I mean, I mean, just because of my dad's job, we traveled a lot. I mean, we moved a lot when I was yeah. young. What did he, what does he do? Um, I mean, he worked in a lot of stuff like mosquito repellent and then <laughs> some other I was expecting like army uncle. or like some sort of contract. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, like a lot of different <laughs> stuff, but I mean, uh, the longest thing he had was when he worked in Coke. Okay. Um, you, you mean Coca-Cola, Coca not cocaine. Not, I mean, I just want to make sure we're clear the, the, on that. The, the, <laughs> the good the, Coke. The, the, not the, the Coke that I'm allowed to talk about right now. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, that, that's when we moved to Thailand was when yeah. he worked, started working with Coke. And, I mean, I was there for, in Thailand, I was there for like eight, nine years until I moved somewhere else. I moved to Argentina because of my tennis. Yeah. Um, but then before that, we were in China. Before that, we were in India. And then before that, we were in Seattle. I mean, yeah. I don't remember Seattle, but All I remember right. China and India. Um, but, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it was normal for me. I don't know. Yeah, how do you, how do you, 
I think, you know, as, as I'm a parent of a young child, I, I keep hearing in my head, you know, especially as a divorced parent, like kids need stability. Kid, mm-hmm. That's like a thing that just keeps ringing in my head. You have stability, but it's in a different way, right? Like you seem like you always have that home environment, even though it's in different yeah. location. How, so how do you uh, come to grips with that in, in terms of like how it's translated now into your life where you're just moving around from place to place? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's I mean, I think it's easy for me or easier for me, I think, um, to kind of adapt and be away for a while and not really, you know, if I'm not in the States for a while, it's fine. If yeah. I'm not in a certain place for a while, it's fine. And if I have to go somewhere or do something because of my tennis for a while, it's fine. Like, you just have to... It just I mean, is. It just, it just is. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I moved to Thailand when I was, like, four or five. Yeah. So, when I moved around China, India, and all that, those places, I was kind of young. Yeah. Um, so, I didn't really understand, I guess, that sure. much. When I moved to Thailand, and I kind of grew up in Thailand, it to me, it was normal. I went mm. to an American school there, and... Um, I mean, it was normal for me to live in Thailand. I lived in Thailand until I was 13. Yeah. Um, and I would come to the States quite a bit because of my tennis. And I would try to start to travel a little bit and all that to Europe sometimes. And, yeah, I mean, I was there for a while. Yeah. I was there for a good number of years. So what's home for you now? I mean, I know you've got the place here in Orlando, but what, what's home? Uh, 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 home for me, I think, is Argentina. Okay. Home, home is Argentina to me. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I'm based here in Orlando. Right. And to me, my tennis home is here. Um, but when I think about my home, home, you know, where my friends are. And yeah. where, you know, I think I developed as a person quite a bit. And where my roots, as much roots as I have <laughs> in one place, I feel like it's Argentina. Okay. And I haven't been there in a while, too, which, which sucks. But, yeah. yeah, I think it's there. So uh, you just an Argentinian football fan as well? I mean, is that... Heavy, that's yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Your basketball team would be then... I mean, do you have... I, I guess I don't know the NBA as well as I used to. Mm-hmm. As we were talking last night, I'm, I'm still an Iverson guy, but who's, who's, who's your team? I mean, who do you... Sixers. Okay. Why? Sixers. Uh, just me and my best friend in Argentina. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we obviously, you know, back then, Ginobili and yeah, right. all that stuff, but... I mean, we loved the NBA, and I mean, we loved Iverson, and we loved you know the history of the Sixers and stuff. And we were, when we were young, we just started following the Sixers, and just I don't know, it was kind of you know a deal we made. You know, yeah. It was the Sixers, that's it, it's done. You know what I mean? From from a young age, and yeah. it's been the Sixers since then. So tell me about your family. Obviously, I think people know your siblings all play tennis as well. I mean, yeah. what's, what's that family life like when you guys do get some time together, which <laughs> I imagine is extremely rare? Yeah, we, don't, we don't see each other much. I mean, <laughs> we actually see each other a little more now that they are, they're starting to travel and they come to Orlando sometimes, yeah. they come to USDA. But there were a couple of years where I was in uh, here and in Argentina where they were somewhere else, and I would only see them twice a year or something. Yeah. But uh it's good. Again, you know, it might sound a little weird, but we're used to it. So mm. we're used to not seeing each other, and we stay as connected as we can. And then, yeah, I mean, we're just used to it. Everyone's all over the place all the time. And and I know your younger brother is obviously – is he seated at the French? I, I, I know yeah, he's – Yeah, he was seated, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I, I've heard a little about a bit more about him, to be frank, than, than you – when you were coming up, I, I know you got to number two. I think you were in that class just, just right behind like Francis and Taylor and, yeah. and Riley yeah, and I mean, Tommy I'm and all those same, guys. Same year as Francis, but okay. one yeah. less than the other one. So, so do, do you feel like you were 
uh, over overlooked at that time frame just because those guys were getting so much attention? Um, honestly, no. Okay. Um, because they were so good yeah. at that age that if, you know, if I were someone who worked at, I don't know, USDA or anywhere else, I, yeah. I don't know if I would have looked at me either that much. <laughs> you know, they were so good. I mean, yeah. Not the 97s even, but the 98s, like, cause when I was 16, yeah, 17, right. 15, 14, cause, and you had France, and you had Mo, yeah. you had Blumberg, then you had yeah. Ponwith, then you had all these guys that were just, they were insane, and so, I Importantly, mean, you didn't mention Noah, which is good. <laughs> I mean, Noah's, Noah's a little older. He's old. He's done. When, back then, he was done. Um, but, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, there's so many good guys. There's so... They were so actually unreal. Yeah. That I remember the first time I went to USC, I was 15. Um, and Eric invited me. Mm. And no, yeah. yeah. And no, no one knew who I was. Mm. I didn't know who anyone was except for a few of them. And when I got there, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Like, mm. they were all, all insane. Yeah. They're all a joke. And, you know, obviously growing up in South America, the guys are good. Yeah. Guys are good. And South America... You know, it's tough and, and all that. But when I got there, it was pretty shocking. Um, so, yeah, no, not really. What, what do you think made you different in, in that time? Um, I actually think different was that I wasn't as good as them. Really? Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I didn't really have a sense of, of belonging anywhere because mm. I was just like, I need to get better. I mean, these guys were so good that it was just – need to get better, follow your own way. I mean, I was living so far away. I was just, you know, I was kind of separate. And so it's just, I don't know, focus on your own thing and try to get better every day. So it's it's, it's interesting because you and I have almost never interacted. We went out to dinner that one time. I guess it was Carrie. Carrie last year? Here? It was Carrie. It was was Carrie. Yeah, Yeah, we went out for barbecue. But I've, I've found myself over these years thinking to myself, I can't tell if maybe he just doesn't like me. That's entirely possible. I get that a lot. Noah doesn't like me. It's totally fine. Uh, I don't know if it's that. I don't know if you're shy. Maybe you're guarded. What, you know, do you, you seem like a pretty quiet guy. Is, is that accurate, or are you just kind of more protective of who you are as a personality? I, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm shy or, or guarded, actually. It's because I, I'm the old white guy. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm actually pretty outgoing. Okay. I just... I feel like I'm pretty pretty easy. I mean, you know, if I don't know if I don't know someone, I might not talk to them yeah. that much. But I mean, with the guys that I have spoken to or hang around with, yeah. I get along with everyone. And I mean, I don't know. I just do my own thing. I don't All know. right, we need to work on this with with you yeah. and I then. Uh, yeah. But who who are your who are your guys? Like if you're that one class, you know, behind some of them, Francis, same group. Who who are those guys that you consider the core friends on tour now? Uh, core friends on tour. Um, I mean, I mean, for, I don't know. It's complicated because on tour, it's tough to have friends in my opinion. Yes. Um, I don't think you should, at least for me at this moment, I don't think I should be too invested in having too many friends on tour. Interesting. Um, but, you know, I get along with a lot of people. Like I said, I, I hang around, you know, the Americans a lot, yeah. especially in Orlando and playing the tournaments here and I get along with them very well. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you got a bunch of guys there. Then, obviously, the South Americans I've known since I was, I was young. Right. And then I think I'm mostly, I guess, friends with the guys that are around my age. 
because I've known them for so long and I've yeah. known them the longest and you know there are a bunch of guys here and there that I've known for so long that it's just yeah it just is yeah the fr- the friendship thing I, I I've haven't I've been starting to have some thoughts about um it's it's kind of started with Jensen Brooksby uh, mm-hmm. as I've started to kind of think about who he is he's a guy who like he's polite don't you know he's yeah. very nice every but like he goes out there he does not give a fuck about anything yeah. he's just there to kick your ass yeah. And, and somebody asked me if, I, if that is just so, um, so much a deviation from American male tennis because we tend to be guys who are just kind of like having fun, enjoying the time, and maybe not like, I'm going to fucking kill you on a tennis yeah. court. Do you think that's an accurate assessment? Um, I know that's a really big and deep question. I mean, but. I, I, think, I think each person is... is on a, on a different path in the sense of, you know, um, someone like Jensen, you know, who, you know, obviously has been doing so well this year. I think I think he's been going to tournaments and he's not there, like I said, to make friends yeah. or to be social or whatever. I mean, he's just there to, you know, do his thing and try to win right. because that's what he, he wants to go above. And that's kind of the view I have as well. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm rude or, you know, I yeah. try to be – addict to someone but I mean I try to go to tournaments and I want to win and yeah. you know I just, I, I want to get out of here you right. know, I don't want to play challengers until you know I'm, I'm, I'm old yeah. um, and, and there are a bunch of guys that maybe want the same thing but have a different way of going about it but yeah. in my opinion um, I think that's, that's the way to do it so um, in talking to you now for 14 minutes mm-hmm. I get this sense that you, you, you feel like you've said to me on multiple occasions kind of this idea of like, you know, it is what it is. You know, this is just my normal. With that being said, when I watch you play, you feel like you're constantly on the edge. <laughs> like constantly on the yeah. edge. Of like first couple of points and like you could just lose your shit, yeah. man. So how do you translate this calmness that you seem to have off the court into this uh, fiery brand of I mean, tennis. I mean, I, I think that's just how I am. I mean, I'm I'm calm, of course, but yeah. I mean, uh, again, I'm I'm not calm sometimes. I think I'm pretty sometimes. quick, pretty quick to go. <laughs> you know, anyway, I just I don't know, just how I am. And um, it's an interesting dichotomy because those are two. That's two pretty different personalities yeah. within one person, right? Yeah, it's just the way I am on court. I feel like I am. Off the court. Okay. Um, you know, some people have a different kind of version of themselves when they step on the court. I feel yeah. like I'm pretty real always. And yeah. so kind of wear my, you know, emotions on, uh, on my sleeves and, and kind of show it a, a lot. And, you know, in tennis, I think it could be good, but it could be bad as well. Yeah, and for sure. me, it's, you know, in the past, it's hurt me quite a bit. But I've, I've, you know, worked on it quite a bit. And I think I'm doing a lot better. And especially last year and a half, I think I've been doing quite a bit better in managing my emotions and you know here and there and yeah but at the end of the day I'm still me yeah you know I'm, I'm not gonna it, it's what it, it's how I am is what's gonna make me play better too is the I guess the fire or the yeah. like, pumping myself up or the whatever you know that's just, it's just how it's hard to ride that roller coaster I imagine though yeah. especially like I think back I, I, I tend to remember this match in Aptos a couple of years ago and I think just one year you played Aptos, and I, I think it might have even been the, the year you won uh, Perugia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just seemed like you were just yeah, s- just upset at, like, yeah. from the get-go. And, like, I found myself thinking, if he's able just to harness that into a more positive direction, 
yeah. on court. Like, holy shit. So how do you do that? Uh, I mean, I'm still working on it, Yeah, uh, obviously. Um, but I think that's been... I think my biggest, you know, area that I need to work on is the stuff that I can, you know, that when I fight myself. Yeah. Um, because everyone can hit forehands well, serve well, backhands well. It can be a little better, a little worse. But yeah. I think the way you manage yourself is what makes a difference. So I've been Agreed. trying to control that as much as possible and harness it in the right way. Because I'm not someone who, if, you know, I get too mellow, I do well either. I right. actually don't. Um, so it's just balance, balancing it out yeah. a little bit. So. Yeah. So, so when you're at a hotel here, uh, yeah. with, without hanging out at, with too many people, yeah. I don't. Why are you at a hotel if you're in Orlando? Because uh, my lease actually ended. Oh, really? So I didn't renew my lease. Yeah. So what the hell so, are you gonna do? I don't know. I gotta figure it out. <laughs> I mean, I, I was staying with my family for a little bit, and then I was out, and then I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it when I have to deal with it. But I, I mean, again, <laughs> this is me, the old guy here. But I'm just like, you, you should probably deal with it now. I mean, like, have a place. Yeah. Like, do you have an Airbnb or something? I mean, I was staying at an Airbnb for a while that my dad got because my family was here and okay. we were staying together. But yeah. I don't know. Not, not anymore. I mean, I'm just fighting for everyday hospitality here that the challenger gives me. And so that's why you're in the quarters. That's why I'm in the quarters. <laughs> that's why I'm pumped up. You know, I, I actually thought today, you know, I have hotel until Saturday, guaranteed. <laughs> Let's go. So what's, what's, I mean, what are the next few months like? I mean, you, I, I, Noah and I have been talking about this a lot. Like, there's just this lack of stability right now, especially it's been so hard to get American challengers up and running the yeah, same schedule. That's you're without an apartment, a place to live here, for God's <laughs> sakes. Like, how are you planning your yeah. schedule over the next couple of months to a place where you feel like you're comfortable and you won't have to worry about that and can play your best tennis on court? Well, first off, I think that, um, I mean, stuff with my tennis has to get, I mean, I, I've been hurt since December. Okay. So I got hurt in December and I think... I think I mismanaged a couple of decisions at the start of the year yeah. um, to where I didn't think I gave myself enough time to recover and I didn't take care of it. I had a, you know, a hip strain and then I had an issue again with my hip and I just kept playing. And so I think it's, you know, trying to be smart in what I need mm. for my body, um, not, you know, being impatient about things, wanting to play well again. I think it's going to come with making the right decisions and then, Leading up to, to the to the summer here, I mean, obviously I'm looking forward to the states having tournaments again, like yeah. Challengers and ATBs. You got Atlanta already and right. Cary, Lexington, whatever, and right. then the Open. Um, so I think I just want to prepare myself as well as I can for that because yeah. I know, you know, I feel comfortable on, on hard courts and I felt good last year at the Open as well. Um, so, I mean, I think it's just try to take care of my body and just – you know, from there, start to play well again. Because, you know, I've been struggling a little bit, but I've been hurt for yeah. for months. And I didn't take care of it until, you know, a month ago. Yeah. Which is not good. You look like you're hitting the hell out of the ball. Like, seriously, <laughs> seriously last week in Little Rock, I, I, there was one point on the air when I, I almost said, holy shit. <laughs> like, I was that close. I'm just like, oh, like, it's just, the forehand is just like a fucking yeah. rocket right now. It looks like it looks like it's gotten bigger, and you've always had that ability to go big. But it looks like it's just consistently yeah. coming a little bit more comfortable. I think that's just that's work. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think that's physical in my case. Yeah. Because um, I've always been, like you said, able to hit it big. Yeah. But if you can do it over and over, it becomes a constant. I think that's right. one of the things that we worked a lot with with Eric and 
and Lang, you know, my team was to build my fitness up, build my consistency up to where I would feel more comfortable and safer and be able to do it a longer time. So, yeah. I mean, if you say that, it's good. I mean, then we're doing something I, better. I so. think it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. So. <laughs> and Eric Nunez, you, you've gotten kind of back into your corner of late. Is that yeah. right? So yeah. talk, talk about that relationship. You mentioned it kind of early in your USTA career, if you yeah. will. So what's it like having him nine, ten years later kind of be part of the group for you? Um, I, I think it's been great. I mean, I started with Eric around two years ago, um, two, two and a half years ago almost, around there. Um, and I think it's been I, th I think it's been really good. Um, he's given me a lot of attention. He's given me a lot of peace, and yeah. he's given me a lot of stuff to to look forward to on the court, off the court, and stuff that I had to get better all the time. And I think that, like I said, once I started with him and Lang, I think we, for a good year and a half we did a lot of stuff well, a lot of things well. And I yeah. think that even though it wasn't showing too much on the court. Um, they were able to, to, to kind of guide me towards the right way. And, you know, last year I was playing really well. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, like I said, I think that making the right decisions and being with, with people that can help me and being smart about things is the best way I can, I can go. And I think that Eric, you know, has a lot to give me still and, and Lang as well. I think they're very important for my tennis. We can be friends now, right? Yeah. Okay, because like I know yeah. you don't want to make friends, but like I'm not competing against you, yeah, so it's, it's cool. You know, good. we're, we're good, good now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about the Sixers. Can they actually do it? I mean, that's a, it's tough. I don't know if I have. The yeah, belief. I mean, it has to be tough if you want to win. I mean, it has to be tough. It's never not going to be tough, but. I don't know. I was, I'm, I'm a Bulls fan from back in the day, so I mean, it, it kind of came easy for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean you guys are spoiled. Huh? <laughs> You guys are still spoiled. We, it's a joke. I mean, we had a six. six you guys ring, are like, still spoiled. It's, it's crazy. They haven't done shit in 25 years, but still, we got the six. You rings. don't need to do shit. You got Jordan. That's it. That's done. You don't. You're good. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Sixers is the Sixers is a tough, tough, tough team. Yes, it's a tough team. Um, especially recent years, it's been tough. It is by far the best year that that I've seen them in a while. Yeah. Um, I think Embiid needs to stay healthy yes. i mean that it's just like i mean it's like the argentinian national team like you know people can talk shit about messi can say whatever about messi but if messi's not healthy messi's not playing you're right. not going to do anything right same thing with Embiid. i mean we can win a game here and there without him but <laughs> if he's not healthy and you know he gets hurt quite a bit i think because he's kind of big yes but um if he stays healthy and i don't know man it's gonna be tough i mean i think they're gonna play brooklyn i think we'll get through atlanta Fine. Yeah. I mean, the I first mean, game was tough. Trey Young is that dude, man. Yeah, but Trae the Young first game, first game we played, I think the worst game of the season, and yeah. we lost by. I ended up losing by like four points. Yeah. And then we won yesterday. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think we'll be fine. Brooklyn's gonna be tough. Brooklyn's if, gonna if, be insanely tough. If Harden's out, though. Harden's out, but we need Embiid to be healthy. Yes. We need Simmons to make at least four free throws in the whole game. <laughs> Um, and we need Tobias Harris to to, to do something. Like, we, I just, there's so many pieces in the Sixers that uh -huh. sometimes, like, you have, like, eight things. Yes. And sometimes just one's going on. Like, right. It's an interesting thought, though, because, like, the NBA right now is so star-driven. Do they have those big, big enough guys? I mean, and don't get me wrong, like, respect for Embiid, right? But, like... It's not KD. It's not James Harden. To it's me, not LeBron. To me, he's to me. That's tough, no, no, man. To me, in this moment, to me, in this moment, 
Best player in the NBA. Get the fuck out of here. Right now, best player in the NBA. If you look at him as a whole, as a center, he can shoot, he can defend, he does everything. He's unstoppable in the paint because he's too big. Best player. MVP of the season, in my opinion. I could be biased, but to me, he played better than Joker. Um, I respected you for the first 23 minutes of this, <laughs> of this chat, but now, now you've I gone just, one I mean, step I gotta, too far. I got to hold on to faith. I, I mean, know. I, I respect just, that. Uh, <laughs> Brooklyn. It's just Brooklyn keeps me up at night. Brooklyn keeps me up at night. Uh, just, I don't know. KD is... I mean, I mean it's KD, KD, but it's it's even Blake Griffin, who's yeah, like yeah, 57 right. years old. And, I respect you know, it. You know, again, you know. playing like he's 24, like Chris Paul is like... Right. It's no sense, but whatever, you know, it, it happens. It's, um, it's good to get the, the right kind of drugs, you know, yeah, later I mean, in your life. I mean, when you're rich, you're rich, you, you get stuff that I'm, other people I'm don't get. I'm actually 81 <laughs> years old, but you wouldn't know it because of all the drugs. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, a lot of pain in the last couple of years, I'll tell you that. I a, lot, a lot of, a lot of that, that shot with the, with, the, with the Raptors still, mm. still mm. gets me Three. every single. How many times did it bounce? Probably like 18, you know, it's like, <laughs> I still see it on the rim. I still see it bouncing up and down on the rim. It's brutal. But I'll tell you what, next next trip where I'm with you, I will, uh, to, to prove it, I have my Iverson jersey. I will bring it. It's a little too snug on me now because I keep gaining some weight in quarantine yeah. and right after. I haven't gotten back to it, but I'll, I'll bring it. We'll, 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 I'm not going to say shoot, but we'll, we'll hang out. Yeah, okay. For sure. Cool. For sure. I appreciate your time. Thank you for making this entertaining when <laughs> Noah's not sir. here. I appreciate it. And don't call me sir. <laughs> the show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at Mike C. Tennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.